You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Grim After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Grim After Show. Hey there, Grimsters. Thank you for tuning in to another AfterBuzz TV after show for Grim, your favorite show. I'm Zach Wilson. Joining me on tonight's panel is my lovely co-host, Yell. Hello, everyone. We're going to talk about episode 312, The Wild Hunt. Yeah, we are. It's uh, it's the first part of a two-parter episode. And those are always like jam-packed. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah. A lot happened. Um, let's open up, as we always do, with the quote of the week. Um, Come back in the evening. I'll have the door locked to keep out the wild huntsmen. Although I should have actually read that with a small girl's voice. Because, <laughs> yeah, you um, should. <laughs> it's terrifying. Well, the story um, that it's from, from this, that this week's line is from, is a story called Little Brother, Little Sister. Mm. Um, and it's the story of... Uh, this little girl and her brother who run away from their evil stepmother, who's a witch, Obviously. and they hide it. They hide it in the woods, and they grow up in the woods because he gets magically turned into a deer. And he's like, he likes to play with the huntsmen and run away from them and all this stuff. And then she gets married to a king. It's this whole thing. I have no idea what it bears to this episode. Yeah. I also am confused as to what that has to do with um, anything. Usually, there's, it's really easy to tie it together yeah. into something very poetic. So I'm wondering if it's going to tie to what we see in the second part. Well, is this is it going to be the Wild Hunt Part Two? I mean, we have the um, the the creature, the the Wild Shear, mm-hmm. um, which means Wild Army. Ah, I believe. Uh, yeah, it translates in German to Wild Army. Okay, but. I don't know. I still don't know what the quote has to do with it. So no. I'm hoping that we get a little bit more clarification on it during part two. But with that, let's uh, let's talk about the berserker, yeah. the wild shear, um, which is apparently where we get the word berserk from. That was so adorable. <laughs> I made a note like Zach is going to love this. <laughs> he loves fun facts I'm like a, that. I'm a history nerd. Yeah. At least in Grim World, I yeah. am. Apparently. Oh, definitely. Um, but we open up on just a speed chase yeah. down the road. We don't know what's going on. The cop follows him in a beautiful beautiful car yeah let's just note that i would love that car except the real white could just shows dirt yeah i agree it's on un- it's unhelpful when you're when you're dealing with blood and scalping people all the time you think he would get blood red? on the car oh, should have been a red car <laughs> whatever see it doesn't show blood stains on a red car yeah. all right <laughs> we went dark real yeah fast. real quick <laughs> um but this show i mean this episode went dark real quick yeah um we uh, the parallel with that opening is like a really beautiful scene with like an opening about Monroe's Lee. And we'll get into that afterwards because okay. it's just so nice. I can't, I, we need to spend t- the right amount of time yes. on it. But 
Um, paralleled with that, like crazy juxtaposition of a cop getting scalped. Oh, it was so gross. And they're not used to doing gruesome, gruesome, ugh, can't even think it's so gross. Um, the show doesn't do that gruesome of an do, action. No, go- they don't do heavy gore like no. this very often, but they were just showing his skull oh, bloody and scalped. So gross. I, I mean, I like it. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good, it, there's drama. There's like, there's death. Like, they're showing it. They're not shying away from it, which right. is nice. Because usually they like, they talk about it or they'll show you like a body bag or something yeah. to hide it. But they're just like, no, this is, they're real consequences. This guy's nuts. And we saw the scalps when he held it up. Oh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> anyway. Um, and we see the bathtub later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so we get Nick and Hank then later investigating it. The, he's killed a series of people. Um, all in uniform. Yeah. Um, he's been in South, South San Diego and he came from Mexico just killing people in uniform. So there's a, pr- a problem with authority mm-hmm. um, that they establish. We see him attack an army guy. Yeah. Oh, that army guy fought back so nice. Well, that army guy was like, you picked the wrong guy yeah. to mess with. And he just like started punching him. He's messing him up and yeah. going at it. But then <laughs> I'm punching the air. Yeah, you're jealous. Uh, it was a cool fight, fight <laughs> until he vogued and yeah. just like destroyed him. Yeah. See, it's not a fair fight. It's it wasn't a fair fight. But he de- he deems them worthy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So, what do you think? I I guess that he's going for he's looking for people to strengthen his coat of scalps. Yeah, I think the idea is that he's making he's preparing for a war of some sort, and to do that, he needs to make sure that he is worthy. And to make sure you're worthy, you take on worthy opponents. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't fight the first cop we saw, though. He just he just was following him with a gun. Yeah, that was... But he de- he deems him worthy. Well, yeah, because he is he's a, a police officer with police experience. He chased him down. He he is a worthy opponent. He's brave. Yes. I guess the, I guess the courage to just to dive in there alone. Right. Which, Portland police, please... Have a partner. <laughs> Have you not learned anything by now with, well, like, gruesome, quote-unquote, bear attacks yeah. and stuff in the area? And Captain Renard said, do not approach without backup. Do not approach this guy. Well, eventually. later, they, they when he said that, they yeah. learned. But, like, I'm just saying a general principle in Portland, in Portland right now, don't go anywhere alone. Well, so that was what was interesting <laughs> is, so we're we're seeing this, this slew of murders, this serial killing, and... And Hank eventually turns to Nick and says, are we thinking it's Vesson? And and Nick goes, yeah, I think it's time we, we look into that. Really? Because at that point, it seemed like a serial killer who was scalping people. That's not a tip-off to you, Nick? That, that couldn't have... I think it could have been anybody. It could have been Dexter, for all we know. <laughs> I think, I think that, that them jumping to Vesson, especially in this one, because it wasn't an unexplainable... Um, you know, crime. There was a murder. Someone murdered someone. Well, actually, I see it the other way. In this show, like, we don't ever see them deal with crimes that are not, not Vesson. I mean, we maybe assume that they do, but we never see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm forced to assume that they just n- are never dealing with anything that's not crazy and Vesson. So you think they should they should automatically assume it's Vesson? Because... I do. Well, yeah, because... We're viewers of the show. I'm saying as a police department, <laughs> in, if this if this crime spree was happening on any other show, 
there would never, and it was a Vesson, it would never even be like considered that it was odd because it was just, cause he's not do, it's not like the bear attacks in the past. I guess, but sca- I mean, scalping is weird. People do that. At, where are you from? <laughs> How do they know where I'm from? Um, well, I think they do where I'm from, but that's not the point. <laughs> it's irrelevant. But I, I guess I would love to see an episode, and we have seen it a little bit, where they have to deal with like humans, humans that are interacting. But there's never, I don't know that we've really gotten enough of that feel that like there aren't, these crimes are being committed by humans. It's usually Vesson related, or at the very least, royal related. Then I have a question for anyone in Portland. Uh, could you please tell us, is it crime-free in Portland? Because if the humans aren't causing the crimes, <laughs> it must be very safe there. Yeah, I mean, I well, it's unless, unless it's all real. <laughs> and all crime in Portland is Vesson. Is Vesson. Comes down to Vesson. We need to take a road trip to Portland, is what I've decided. I'm going to, but I'm going to carry a mace. Yeah, of course. Not no. not mace like the handheld, no, 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 like, no, like, like a, a full, like... I got it. Yeah, yeah. You need a mace. I agree. <laughs> mace or some kind of like sword, sh- sword that will shoot out from my oh, uh, yeah, that sleeve one. at so random. Good. Just like I gotta be careful, right? The crocodile weapon. That's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Way off topic. Um, yeah, but um, I went on the uh, the Grim Wikia mm-hmm. um, to look up some some facts, and it's it said that in some of the stories about the this kind of character. Um, one of the its leaders is Krampus, oh. which I can't I can't say where they got that information. Grimwicky is partially connected to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, not it's like it's unofficial, but right. a lot of information is reliable. Are we going to get Krampus back? That would be amazing. Uh, it they did just bring him up. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see stuff sort of lead back and, like, build up in a way that we haven't seen before with, like, Vessen of the Week, like, suddenly having an effect on what we deal with later. Yeah. Um, it could be very interesting. We don't get a resolution to this storyline this nope. week. He's still on the loose. It's a two-part episode. It was very, very uh, slightly um, introduced, I think. I feel like they kind of said, hey, there's this guy going around killing all these people. Hey, he's Vessen. Hey, he's using the scalps to make this amazing coat. He's kind of an awesome warrior. And uh, that's it. And he's after Nick. Yeah. That's all it, they needed you to know. Well, they teased it at the, towards the end with he's coming for Nick next. Right. Which we assume. Of course. Nick's the warrior of Portland. Yeah. The protector of Portland. And he's a grim. He is worthy. Yes. Um, but so I guess, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, so then, as we see at the beginning... Right as this is happening, Monroe and Rosalie are dealing with their <laughs> own <laughs> uh, whole situation. So cute. We we catch up with them. They're going to dinner. Rosalie comes down in a uh, gorgeous black dress. Yeah, she did. Which I'm just like, damn, Brie turned. <laughs> <laughs> she did look beautiful, and I think Monroe said it best. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I am trying he, to remember. He called her. He said he, she looked very sexy. <laughs> he did. I mean, he's calling like he, Monroe calls it as he sees it. Yeah, and and the entire fandom went, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> about right. Uh, and they go to dinner. First time talk. Oh, that was so cute. I figured they were going for that gag, but it was still yeah. it was still fun. 
Yeah, it was very nice. Although that it raised more questions than the stuff that we haven't established, which is do when do Vessen find out that they're Vessen? I just assume that they grow up knowing that they're Vessen, knowing that their parents are Fuchsbau, that they're going to do this voguing thing. It's, well, maybe some do and some don't. I mean, Monroe's story didn't seem as embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and he seemed to know what was going to happen. Whereas, Very proud. Yeah. Whereas Rosalie was mocked by her brother. <laughs> Although maybe it was about like what she's her, her Fuchsbau form is going to look like, and she was nervous about that. Maybe. So, because you, you know, you just know, like, there's another form of you. Yeah. It's going to happen at some point. It's like puberty hitting. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, well, it's like, guys, we, we grow our, we vogue just all the time oh, after that, we hit puberty. That's that what the beard is. I'm just hiding in plain sight. Ah, I see. It's sna- at, a, at an emotional snap, <laughs> my beard will grow immensely by 200%. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you really should see a doctor about that. <laughs> I consider it an asset and a skill. It gives me power. (laughs) Um, But then, like, then we get, they go back. It's like talking about a special occasion, $175 bottle of wine. So they had two bottles of this super expensive wine between the two of them and then drove home. That was the first thing that went through my mind. (laughs) They could have caught a cab. Sure. We never see them in a car. That's true. Don't drink and drive. It just, it, I was like, they had two bottles of this wine. There's no way that they drove. We're going to assume they took a cab. Yeah. Uh, Monroe's responsible. Okay. Or maybe Vessin just processed alcohol better. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. It was just something but, that came up. But then we got to get to the biggest part of the episode. Yes. <laughs> By far is this adorable proposal from Monroe. It was so romantic. <laughs> It was, see, you could do, like, your cheesy restaurant proposal. You could go to, like, the, I don't know, like, go stand in, like, a romantic spot. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of proposal that is awesome. Yeah. Because it's just so, like, he put so much effort into it. He built a clock just for her. It was so personal and so, uh, you know, emotional and, and like, personal really it was just them being them and intimate it was so intimate that's the type of proposal like i hope i could come up with something so ridiculous but endearing you gonna do it right here on the show uh, no <laughs> <laughs> the cameras uh yeah i'll just like have an anxiety attack yeah <laughs> it's very private <laughs> But and he takes it to like and she's like oh, what is this i don't want to look at your yeah. clock you, you so gave nice. me two bottles of wine. I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, like two bottles of wine. That way she has to say yes at yeah. that point. She's just drunk. She's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I'll do that. Yeah. And of course she says yes, which no one doubted. But I think the, the pillow talk in the morning was very interesting. Yeah. It was nice. And then it becomes clear that Monroe... We haven't really talked about Monroe's parents before. No, not at all. And we got a lot of them in this episode. Yeah. Just right in there just dropping them in i i think the phone call that he had with them was it really set up what we were about to see oh yeah it exactly delivered the the parents and like very real parents oh yeah you got their dynamic you got the dad you got the mom yeah the loving mom alice, um alice yeah and bart 
which is a great juxtap- juxtaposition to last week's episode. This is Meet the Parents 2. Yeah. Meet, uh, I don't even remember what the sequel was. It was Meet the Fockers. Yes, it was. I wasn't <laughs> sure if we could say that on air, but I guess it's a Fockers? real name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was Meet the, Meet the Bloot Bot. Yes. Um, and we got, so we got that phone call, and then he comes up, he's like, thank God that's over, mm-hmm. which is just doom in itself. Yeah, of course. So people have to learn on this show, there's like a bad habit of like, saying it's gonna be fine. You know it's not gonna be fine, Monroe. It's like a horror movie. Well, nothing worse could happen. <laughs> Obviously. They're definitely 45 minutes away. Yeah. We definitely have time. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Of course. Um, and when we do finally meet the parents at the end of the episode, it just blows up in everybody's face. Of course it does. I, I'm not sure exactly how they planned on this to go down. If it's like, because interracial marriage is like not as big an issue now, but like gay marriage is like the big issue that we're dealing with this mm-hmm. side right now. But I didn't really get that comparison from this very right. heavily. It, they were talking about the natural order of things, and so yeah. I guess that's part of the, the comparison. But it just came in so heavy. All of a sudden, it's just like it went from zero to sixty just on a dime. Yeah. All of a sudden, they were like everybody was yelling, everybody was angry. I guess they could smell it. On her? I, I guess they smelt it. Um, but also, well, I mean, because Blue Butt are really, they have an amazing uh, sense of smell. Uh, we know as Monroe has uh, chased down where Nick was and stuff when he was zombified. Um, so they're very, they have a very keen sense of smell, or at least I believe that's what the show is trying to tell us. Um, and I think it was really interesting to see how they. They weren't really excited. I mean, Alice Monroe's mom was very excited uh, to begin with about the wedding. But I think that when um, Bart came in, he didn't seem excited at all. You know, he was he was very um, hesitant about the situation, not just because he doesn't believe in Monroe falling in love and whatnot, but because he didn't like Rosalie to begin with, I feel like, you know. Um, his dad, the dad. Yeah, Bart. Sorry, I was dealing with a weird. There's a weird sound. If you heard it, I heard it too. You're not crazy. <laughs> um, I think I may be at fault for it though. Oh, trying to get trying to get some uh, some stuff for later. All right, on my phone. I'm to blame. Sorry, Stephen. Um, I feel so, like Bart didn't like. Uh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Moving on to the or moving back to the dad. I feel like he didn't like Rosalie regardless of anything. Well, he's very with. hesitant. Right. I'm not sure. He's, like, talking about money. And I wonder if he's – I want, I guess it's probably to put, to play with his relationship with Monroe's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, if you assume that they have a bad history. Um, like Or, like, some, maybe he doesn't – if their marriage wasn't perfect – for whatever reason, mm-hmm. he's trying to protect him. Oh, make sure she can she can cook. Right. Maybe Monroe's mom can't cook. Ah. Or if she really can, he's like, you got to have a good wife that can cook. Maybe. They just seemed so, so terrifyingly old-fashioned. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what we're dealing with. Is we're right. dealing with the old ways now mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, that's the big thing. The traditional, they keep talking about their traditional parents. Yeah. He has the 200-year-old plate to show that these are traditional people mm-hmm. um but we but then they they freak out at her yeah and what i what i was disappointed like she freaked out at monroe 
Yeah, that did surprise me. I mean, I get that she was upset that he didn't tell them because that is a very reasonable reason to be upset. Um, but I was surprised that she left. And I, if I were her, if I were in that situation, I would have been like, deal with this. I'm going upstairs. Call me when you're done. Um, uh, but no, she left. She just bailed on the situation. Yeah. Which was a little rough on Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so now we we have like <laughs> Nick just like walks. Yeah, he just saunters in. Nick is the worst timing. Also, he doesn't seem to. He is not. Um, I don't think he comprehends what his position means to everyone else. Like, because he understands I'm a grim. I deal with, you know, sometimes bad Vessin, but mostly I hang out with my friend Vessin. Like, that's cool. We're friends. We get along. I'm not like the other ones. I don't behead people. People don't know that. The Vessin don't know that you're this kind of awesome guy. You're yeah. grim. He Well, he didn't grow up. Like, that's, again, it's like the, the thought of, like, when you grow up in the society versus growing up outside mm-hmm. of it and then being introduced to it. Yeah. He didn't grow up knowing that people thought of Grimm's as, like, these beheaders. Yeah. Um, but he is not that way, and he assumes, I'm fine. I'm a yeah. good guy. They're going <laughs> to love me. Yeah. My, I like Monroe. Monroe likes me. Parents are bound to love me. Right. And then they're about to just, just kill him on the spot. <laughs> and Monroe's like, no. Yeah. And then fade to black. Uh, and then the stupidest I thought ever. it was funny. It was dumb. I thought it was cute. Because it it's exactly what I said out loud. It was stupid. I'm sorry. That was they're my like, grim. And I'm like, oh. Blank. Blank. Yes. <laughs> Can't say that on air here. Yeah. And then they put it on your screen. Oh, pound, asterisk, at symbol, percentage, exclamation point. Nice. <laughs> I wrote it down because I thought it was very funny. I also wrote it down because yeah. I was angry. You... <laughs> um, but, we fade, but we fade out on that. Yes. And then we'll come back. In, <laughs> on we... February 28th. Yeah. We got, a, we got a break. And on the word break, I'm going to take a second to talk to you guys about iTunes. See, smooth transition. I'm getting great. way better at yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. When, especially when I call them out. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and listening at home. We love having you guys uh, listen to what we have to say and get into conversations with you. Please, if you get a chance, go on to iTunes. Go to the podcast. Slap us with a five-star rating. Because we appreciate it, and we want to know that you appreciate what we're doing. Want to know? We want to get you the best show that we can and the best way we can do that is to know what you're loving, know what you want to see, what you want to see more of, what you want to hear less of. Tell us. We want to get into conversation with you guys. Feel free to tweet at us, start conversation on the YouTube. Tell us what you're thinking. What do you want to see on the show, On just on Grimm? What are you excited about? What storylines are you going to be freaking out about when it comes? I'm a big fan of the show. I got my coin of xanthos pin on which i will probably be wearing every week because it will give me influence over (laughs) you at home (laughs) that's what it's for i love it which we'll get into because the coins come back this week yeah but yeah please check us out on uh on youtube give us a thumbs up give us a five star rating on on itunes it really helps us stay searchable we're still a new podcast for grim we haven't been doing this that long so it helps us stay at the top of the ratings and once we get to once we're more established that will help us eventually get cool people to come on the show we've been talking to a few people nothing concrete yet but like that your fans your comments you enjoying the show will help bring us to the actual show creators so please 
go on there. And now back to what we're uh, we're talking about here. Let's talk about Nick's mom. Oh yeah, Nick's mom, Kelly Burkhart. <laughs> Yo, you were a little bit surprised her name was Kelly. I was very surprised her name was <laughs> Kelly. That's uh, Kelly Burkhardt. She's over in Europe somewhere running around. Yeah. Um, Emailing with Juliet. Well, Juliet, we open up on in the first act on Juliet asking, like, Nick and her doing their taxes. Avoiding Nick's doing like, their I'd taxes. rather, <laughs> what did he say? It was, I'd rather deal with a barrel of dead monkeys. Yeah. Monkeys. <laughs> Which, if you guys are ever watching Helix, you'll understand why I get so excited. Just the barest mention of monkeys. I know that Steven in the booth is also excited. Monkeys! Yes! Thank you, Steven in the booth. <laughs> um, but Julia just is like, hey, can I email your mom? Yeah, what a weird, weird situation. I don't, I'm not quite sure, like, sure if somebody, if like, my girlfriend approached me and was like, can I email your mom about something? I'd be so suspicious. <laughs> I feel like if your if your uh, partner knows your mother, and like they've talked and met a few times, well, they've Kelly and Juliet have met, right? They don't talk. That's yeah, but nobody talks. Nick doesn't talk to her, right? That's what I'm saying. She's not the kind of person you just reach out to. Well, somebody has to. We I don't guess. know. She's just writing notes signed as M. Yeah, the creepiest uh, subtle emails. Yeah, but it's really. I mean, it is. A really good. I'm so happy that we're bringing her back oh, in. Yeah, definitely. She because she disappeared for a while, and we did get like some news and gossip that she was going to be coming back. Um, so we knew she was coming, but this is a great little hint. It's going to mm-hmm. be soon, um, and it reestablished that the uh, coins of Xanthos um, are coming back. It did actually cut <laughs> that one moment. Actually, erased like a whole storyline from the from the comic books. <laughs> Because they destroyed, like, two out of three of the coins in the comics, and then another character has the last one. Maybe it's all tying it in. But she said, like, she establishes that she still has them and they're hidden. Maybe she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. The the graphic novels, if you follow them, are never canon. Right. They're really just fun stories with the characters. But it was kind of, I was like, I thought we dealt with that already. Nope. Guess not. Nope. Uh, <laughs> um, but she's gonna. She she calls them the money spent. Yeah. Nice little subtle. It was way to do it. Her code was really um, easy to crack, but also like well done. If that makes sense. Like yeah. Yes. Gr- um, Nick and and Juliet and the audience understood it, but I feel like it was a great code. Yes, but I I mean basically it's. If somebody's monitoring the emails, right? End of the day, they'll uh, know exactly. Like, what it if means. they know Nick is involved and they see money spent, and the, if they even have the slightest like suspicion that his mom has the coins, oh, she has the coins. They still don't know where she is, right. so I guess they're at least staying subtle that way. And and it'll be best if we communicate through Juliet. Why would it be best if we communicate through Juliet? How is that any different than emailing Nick? I guess they would check her second. So. <laughs> All right. Buys you five seconds of Excellent. spare time. Great. I don't know. I mean, the computer program, if they're hacking their emails, it'll yeah. save them an hour. <laughs> an hour of life they can keep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Juliet wants to, she wants to stay involved. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm ar- Nick's trying to protect her. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm already involved. And she says that wonderful thing that, that not knowing has gotten her into trouble. And so exactly. Now exactly. she needs to stay in the know. 
I love we it. We don't want to go back to season one, Juliet, where we're hiding things from uh, her. Yeah. She's too strong. She fought a Klaus strike a oh, few weeks ago and beat so him good. over the head with a pan. And then kicked him while he was down. Yeah. <laughs> she can fight for her. She, she's perfectly uh, able to fight for herself. Yeah, she is. But so we know. So that storyline, again, hopefully we'll get more of in, in a couple weeks when mm-hmm. we come back. Um, and then, uh, lastly, we got to talk about Vienna. Yes. Oh, so much going on in Vienna. Yeah. Um, we, Adeline, uh is going in to meet with, uh, what's his name? His name is Victor. Prince Victor. Prince Victor, who we haven't seen in a while, but we knew he was going to come back and be important because it's Alexis Denisov. Yeah, of course. Um, who I love as an actor. I'm so happy. Like, when he first popped up, I was just like, Yes. Not only does that mean we get another good actor on the show, mm-hmm. but it means we're going to get some more explanation about the Royals. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be the key to where this show changes and goes in the future. Interesting. Um, and we'll get, I, we'll get into a little bit about, a little bit more about it in predictions, okay. but I want more of the Royals. The Royals are this part of the world that we don't know a lot about. They're the Prince Charmings of the grim fairy tales. That control everything, but they're, I don't know if they are Vessen or if they're separate and they're a new, they're, they're like Grimm's, they're their own category. Right. Of super ability beings but in this world. But are they the Prince Charmings? Well, then we know that there's something, well, I mean, they're not the Prince Charming, <laughs> I was but say, like. Because they all sound well, like mean guys. Well, Prince Charming is, is always kind of. A, a, a dick in these stories. <laughs> like right. at the end of the day, he's not the he's never the nicest guy. Okay. Um, so I get it. The royals. Yeah. At least that's how in my like. Well, it's grim, so it's always twisted versions of like the fairy tales that Disney has yeah. told us. Like the original ones, where it's like dark and like they mm-hmm. all go through their trials. So this is the ro- this is the grim version of it. Okay. Um, it's Prince Charming, but like with all the deep dark European royal craziness, like inbreeding and killing off anybody that stands in your way. Got it. That's the kind of stuff we we come to expect from Grimm. Love it. <laughs> um, but we get Adeline going in and because uh, Victor has brought in a guy, Danilov. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just trying to find out who killed Eric. Still trying to figure it out. They're yeah. like, they've been really slow about this process. Yeah. Um, and, but they've tracked it down to Meisner. Mm-hmm. Who's the only person that we really recognized on that list? Right, and we know that that's the first step to connecting Renard mm-hmm. to Eric's death, um, since Meisner was the one that carried out Renard's orders. So that's the first step, and they bring her in. And Adeline's a terrible liar. She's really bad. Like I'm just watching. Like if Victor thinks that she's telling the truth for a second, he's useless. Yeah. Um, I mean, she kind of gives it away. She if she she gives it away in that meme, doesn't she? I think so. I think she's she's playing a dangerous game, and I think she's going to end up um, screwing herself over. Is the if she way. hasn't already? Yeah, if she hasn't already. Um, because now we have Danilov, who's the head of the Verat, mm-hmm. on like on her back. Like he's going to be following her, probably most likely. Yeah. Um, especially trying to connect to Renard on Victor's orders. And for those of you at home, like who didn't who couldn't remember what the Verat are. Um, I know I had a moment where I was like, the Verat, they're, I know they're important connected to the Royals, but, um, what the Verat are, they're a Vessen organization that were, they were established in the 1940s. 
according to a, a lovely article on Grim Wikia by Sex and Beast. Nice name. So thank you, Sex and Beast. Thank you, Sex also and Beast. Also for laughing because that's an awesome username. Yeah. <laughs> um, they serve the seven royal houses. Um, Verat translates to betrayal in German. So I don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Their name is betrayal. <laughs> um, but they're... They're the organized. They're essentially the organized mafia of the royals. Mm-hmm. They're the hit squads, the the underground detectives who are going to like just go out, carry out any dark stuff that needs to be ha- needs to happen at the ro- under the royals' name. But maybe they have their own agenda. Uh, mo- yeah, mo- agenda motives. Like, yeah, who knows what they're up to under Victor? Under Victor now, mm-hmm. um, who's now our lead royal? Yeah, essentially. Um. Adeline, my favorite part of this scene, and I think it was my yours too. Is, a, is the best line of the entire uh, episode. He just, uh, just like he slept with her. He's talking about Adeline. He slept with her and her mother. <laughs> oh. yeah, that's actually sort of impressive, <laughs> right? He says he's so like Alexis Dennis just gives the perfect delivery. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that Victor thinks so little of uh, Captain Renard. When I have a friend who literally refers to him as Captain Sexy, Captain Renard. Yes, is he is he a sexy police chief? Uh, according to a few friends of mine who watch right. Grimm, they watch Grimm because of Captain Sexy. All right, yeah. I so, didn't know he was the sex symbol of the show. Apparently, so um, I would have thought Monroe. <laughs> so Victor is uh, unaware of what people, what women want. Apparently, oh. <laughs> I mean, Alexis Denisov is nothing to shake a stick at. <laughs> let's be let's be fair here. Um, but then, so Adeline is going back, and she's we, we, then we get to see her. She's finally showing. She's six months pregnant. Yeah, but like we haven't seen her showing really before now. What's interesting is that I feel like when she's out and about in like her normal clothing, she doesn't show. So she always dresses in black. Yeah, so that'll hide it. Sure, that'll hide a baby. I, well, because <laughs> it's slimming for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, Right? That's a lesson that TV taught me about how to dress. <laughs> I just love that she only shows when they want you to show, but in any other scene, it's almost invisible. Yeah. Well, it's magic of a royal, part baby. royal baby, yeah. part hex and beast. And we get know. more bloody baby goo. Yeah, more bloody baby goo. But now it's not just like a, like a weird shape in the blood or like Ooh. a little like... The baby is like press. I've heard of kicking, like a baby kicking. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the baby's trying to escape. It's like clawing at her womb. <laughs> it's so much so that her skin is now rubberized, and you Gross. can see a face through it. That was a so face, a terrifying face. Not just like a baby face, <laughs> like a creepy hex and beast face. Oh, oh my god! What is I? What is this baby? I'm so excited They've, to meet it. They, they keep showing no. They give us no detail about what it means mm-hmm. to be a part royal baby. Well, they also, I think what was really interesting is she says, I'm only six months along. And um, I forget the character's name, uh, the other woman um, who said, like, the baby has its own agenda. Like, yeah. it's, it's coming when it's coming. But, like, does the baby really have its own agenda? I mean, uh, we, they talk about, like, babies, like, they want to come out. They want to stay in, like. But like, right? D- this, this baby, baby, it might really have some like plan up its sleeve. Yeah, like for all we know, two more days. 
Soon, soon my plan comes to fruition. Where, it's like Stewie in there from Family Guy. Say, is Stewie inside? Gross. He's in there with like his little diary. Yeah. Comes out with like plans to conquer Europe. Dear Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> um, creepy baby face. Like, but now like there's so, so much to talk about as we move into predictions. Oh. Creepy theremin music. That was music. so smooth, I almost missed it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Stephen, for our theremin and creepy lights to talk about the creepy stuff we're going to get in three weeks or so. Four February weeks. 28th. Yeah, we'll be back on February 28th. NBC is taking a break from all, all regularly scheduled programming to, for the Olympics. Yay. Um, so we'll have a few weeks off, but when we come back, we get a, we got a ten second clip of what we're gonna get, but we see Rosalie crying. Mm-hmm. We see Monroe's parents attacking. Yeah, and Renard says he is the father. He says it with authority. Mm-hmm. He is the father of that baby. He doesn't know what Eric did. I don't. <laughs> he might think he's the daddy, <laughs> and because uh, Eric's dead and Renard is not, I'm going to bank on he is the daddy. Interesting. Um. Well, I mean, what do you think? I say Renard is the father. I say neither of them are the father, and the baby's not <laughs> royal. Ooh, that would be a big twist. Yeah, wouldn't it? Um, Seems like Adeline would do that. It would then again postpone my question of what does a royal baby mean? I think the more important question is what is a royal? Yeah, and that's what – so I want to talk a little bit about that with – Alex Denisoff becoming this big part. Like, we know he's got he's to be a bigger role. He's not a kind of guy you bring in for just, like... If you may, it might bring him in for one episode. You don't bring him in for, like, six episodes and right. then just let him go. Unless you're going to kill him in some... Mm-hmm. So he might die in some big, glorious place. But one thing I want to see Grimm do is next season, which we got a big... The, the numbers came out from last week, and it was, like, the biggest numbers they've had since, last, since early December. The show's on an uptick. Greenblatt said he has a lot of faith in the show, looking like we're going to get another season. Mm-hmm. I want to see in season four a real change for the characters. Right now, it feels like they kind of escape the consequences of any of the big stuff that they deal with. Yeah. Um, nothing really, like Nick got at the end of season three, Nick B is a zombie. We don't know what's going to happen to him. He's being shipped overseas. And then the plane goes down. And it was like, that was a great storyline. I loved it. But... Once he comes back, he has a little bit of survivor's guilt. He killed a guy, so he's sad about that. But then he kind of forgets it and goes back to being a cop, solving Vessin of the Week. Right. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think season four could be a big change, or are we just going to come back to what we've been doing? Um, I think uh, it's going to be Vessin of the Week. I think that's the the format of the show, no matter what. Um, I think eventually we should come back to... Um, what happened to Nick after the zombieifiedness? Because he gained these new superpowers from being a zombie. You know, he's got that hearing and that that really awesome doesn't sweat thing. Um, <laughs> and I think they need to either explain it or do something cool with it. Um, I doubt they will until halfway through next season because they just now were bringing back the coins, and I believe those were from season one. Yeah, but the coins we are very important. I mean, they gave Hitler rise to power. Right, but they've been missing for a season and a half. Yeah, but they could but they have the power as basically they established to turn everything. So what and they they're clearly bringing 
Kelly Burkhart back. Right. So if she returns with the coins, I I think I would love to see season four really change the game. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we don't get the vest of the week and we don't get the cop stuff, but I would love to see Nick fighting a royal. I want to see like Victor in Portland with a true war, like a royal versus grim war. We get some more grims in there. Yeah. Which I'm going to be calling for forever. Yes. More grims. Uh, well, and then, I think... Sorry. Yeah. Well, real quick, before we go out, what do you think Monroe and his parents are going to do? I think uh, Monroe is going to stand up to his parents, tell them that they either accept it or get out of his life. His dad will probably run off and, and throw a fit. His mom will tell him that they will eventually accept it and everything will end up well. There'll be a beautiful wedding season finale. That's my Yeah, guess. season, season uh, probably season finale wedding, but it's going to get interrupted by Victor. Interesting. Yeah. I I'm like I'm that. really banking on Victor being a big part of the season <laughs> going forward. I see that. Um I yeah, I think Nick's going to come in and cool everything down. Yeah. Probably big battle. Going to see a lot of broken clocks next time. Nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, sorry Monroe. Uh, he'll uh, rebuild them. But yeah, but that's going to do it for this week uh on Grim uh After Buzz show. Yeah. Uh yeah, where can the people find you? The people can find me online at yell.tv. That's y a e l.tv and on Twitter uh, at Yael Teagle, Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. And you can find me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson, and you can also catch me here at AfterBuzz on Helix, uh, I almost said on Grim. Grim, on Helix, Almost Human and Archer. Thanks for stopping by and geeking out with us. Yeah. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 